Welcome, everyone, to the Time Out Podcast presented to you by On The Call Sports. If you are now unaware, the BSO show and podcast has been rebranded and changed to On The Call Sports. On The Call is a media outlet presenting sports news and opinions through podcasts and articles. Our job is to present college football, NBA, and NHL. But we will talk a little bit about NFL just for today. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope to continue to hope you continue to listen and support the podcast. Now I have with me... Jared Berkovitz. Yeah, Berkovitz. And just tell me about yourself, Jared, so the audience knows. Yeah, uh, my name is Jared Berkovitz. I am from Bay Area, San Francisco, California. I watch all sports, but I'm a particular fan of the Golden State Warriors, New York Jets, and College, University of Arizona. Bear down. And we usually will have... Why no sports or Anthony if you're used to the BSO, but he has appointment for his torn ACL. So, Anthony, if you're listening to this, hope you get well. But if you don't know who I am, I'm Cameron Andrade. Watch all sports. I was a co-host of the BSO podcast with Kurt. And live in North Carolina, every, everything local except Ravens because go Ray Lewis, you know. But just as we get into – timeout podcast we'll give our nba predictions for the upcoming season and we'll give our one through eight conference predictions we'll make playoffs nba award predictions mvp rookie of the year etc so the way i was thinking we do this is go by our eight and not just say it all at once we'll just say our eight and then seven all together if you want to do that all right um uh, let's start the eastern conference so who is your number eight seed for eastern conference Okay, and why is that? Because I mean, like, besides really Jimmy Butler, they don't look too promising. However, I think that Butler can hopefully rally up his teammates and maybe clinch that number eight spot. Okay, and, uh, both my eight seeds for uh, Eastern Western Conference kind of a big shout, but at number eight I have the Brooklyn Nets. Now I under completely understand if KD is not injured in most of the year that they would be a top four at least. But I just don't think getting Kyrie Irving alone is a big thing for this team, especially all the drama he caused last season. But I feel like the only reason they really wanted Kyrie is so they could get Kevin Durant. And, I mean, they do have good role players, Terry and Prince, DeAndre Jordan, don't forget Karras, LaVert, Jared Allen, Joe Harris, Den Witte, we get it. But I just don't see Kyrie bringing this team up, especially without Kevin Durant this year. And so that is why I'm not a big fan of the Brooklyn Nets this year. And so at my number seven, I have the Detroit Pistons now. I mean, Pistons with uh, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond finished eighth last year, had a pretty good end. I mean, uh Almost took a game for the took it to the Bucks, but ended up getting swept. So wasn't that good? But they had a good role player, Son McCurr, who said he was going to be league MVP one year. It doesn't look likely, <laughs> but Langston Gallery, and uh, they also had a very good draft in my opinion. Jordan Bone, who I like coming out of the draft, and also Sekou Dumbaya. Dumbaya. Uh, I wanted him as a Hornets fan, but sadly we didn't draft him. But I like this Pistons team, not higher than the seventh seed, though. So who do you have at seven? Uh, at number seven, I have actually the Brooklyn Nets. 
because I have a little bit more faith and because I like Joe Harris. I like Karis LeVert, especially coming off of a kind of a gruesome injury, but I think he can rebuild off of that. I really like Jarrett Jackson. He really impressed me last year. He was a rebounding machine. I mean, I don't want to like hype him up too much, but he almost reminds me of like a baby Rodman, like to the point where he was just going after every single board possible. I mean, Kyrie Irving and Brad Stevens on the Celtics, that was almost, that was pretty bad. But I think that in a new setting, Kyrie, especially in a place like Brooklyn with all these support players, I think that Kyrie will improve his game. But I don't have them going higher than the seven without the, without KD. And so who do you have at number six for the Eastern Conference? Uh, number six, I have the Toronto Raptors. They obviously suffered a big loss in Kawhi last year, who carried, with some help, their team to win the finals. But even though Kawhi is gone, I still like the support players that they have. I like Fred Van Fleet. He came up clutch in especially Game 6, but all the games he had points, and he was a very crucial part of their offense. They still have Pascal Siakam, who could have been the uh, defensive player of the year, I think it was. He was absolutely amazing. He really played well in the finals and throughout the playoffs. So I think that with Van Fleet, Siakam, and with Nick Nurse, who's a good young coach who really groomed those players to be as good as they are, I see them doing well and making it to the sixth spot, but I can't see them ahead of that okay and so at number six i have indiana pacers victor oladipo has obviously blossomed to a superstar or star he's about to become a superstar at indiana we know what he can do miles turner tj leaf sabonis both big man that can do their thing aaron holiday i think is a very underrated player that they drafted a year ago i believe and i mean not many people are talking about these two players that they signed, but Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb will provide a huge amount of support for them, especially Malcolm Brogdon. You saw what he did at Milwaukee. Yeah. But I just think the people I have above them did a lot more in uh, preseason to get above them, so I'll get to that later. But at number five, I have the Miami Heat. Now, I know you had them at eight, but I actually really like this team. I like Jimmy Butler as a leader. Some people may not. Some people might Take Minnesota, for example, and say he was not a leader, but with people like Carl Anthony Towns that really – you see their personality, you see their body language. They don't really want to win, per se. But I believe in Eric Spolstra. I like Bam Adebayo with the exit of Hassan Whiteside. I like going Dragic. I like Deion Waiters and also their point guard, Justice, Justice Winslow. And, I mean, Tyler Harrow, people are downing him, but – the dude, dude's a three machine, and he can be a great role player or six man, whatever they use him as. So I like this Heat team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year and get that fifth seed. And who do you have as the fifth seed as well? Uh, number five, I have the Pacers. So I think that Brogdon was a huge addition to already pretty versatile offense and defense with Oladipo. He's gonna, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays the – very beginning of the season after coming off of an injury that took away a whole season from him. But 
I mean, as you said, TJ Leaf, Brogdon, Oladipo. This is going to be a good team and an interesting um, conference this year as there are a few powerhouse teams and a lot of teams just trying to contest for those lower playoff spots. So, I mean, I definitely see them in the fifth seed or lower possibly, but I think that they're locking the playoffs this year. Yeah, and so number four, I have Toronto Raptors. Some people say it might be high, but I don't think the Raptors team will take that much of a hit without Kawhi Leonard. I still think Kyle Lowry and Pascal can take a huge role in this team. You obviously got Fred Van Vliet there as well, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Saul, who are two great adi- players for this team. And people don't realize how great addition Marcus Saul was from Memphis. And you also got bench players like Patrick McCaw and Ojean Newby. And Stanley Johnson, who's also a great defensive player as well. So I think Raptors won't take that much of a hit. I don't think they're going to repeat as champions, obviously. But they, they'll they be fine, I believe. So who do you have at number four? Um, At number four, I have the Boston Celtics. I mean, this team was quite dysfunctional last year, obviously, with the Kyrie drama. But you cannot sleep on the rest of this team. I mean, you have Jason Tatum, who improved greatly this past season. Looks like he's been in this position for years, even though he's a relatively new player. You have Jalen Brown, who also really surprised me last year. Stepped up his game to a whole new level. Brad Stevens is a fantastic coach, a mentor, a developer. And, like, Gordon Hayward, I think he could surprise people a lot this year after, like, a pretty, like, below-average year. Marcus Smart, they signed Cantor. I mean, like, this is a very versatile team that I think can definitely make the five-spot or four-spot. Okay, and at number – we'll move on to number three. At number three, I do have Boston Celtics. I just think the addition of Kimball Walker, miss you, bro, which – well, I didn't want you on the Hornets anymore, but wish you luck. I think he's going to cre- create a big thing for this team, especially no drama. I don't think anyone's going to be paying attention to the Boston Celtics this year, especially without drama from Kyrie that they had last year. I mean, no one really talked about Gordon Hayward last year, like you said, but I think he's going to blossom into the player he was at the Jazz, not as much. And, I mean, like you said, you got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and also players like Robert Williams and Ennis Cantor. And I hate it to say this, but every year the Boston Celtics come out with an insane draft. You got players like Romeo Langford, who I thought is going to be a, like a stud that no one uh, went on. You got Tremont Waters from LSU and Carson Edwards, great shooters. And also you got Grant Williams, who did well in preseason and in the summer league. And, I mean, you can't forget about Taco Fall, can you? But I think this team will be good. I think the drama, drama less will make this team blossom. And, I mean, they'll be a good team to watch. And who do you have, you have at number three? At number three, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Because this team improved a lot during the offseason. I mean, you see a Ben Simmons making a three. You see... Yeah. Al Horford coming in, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. Like, this team cannot be slept on. I I don't really have that much more of an explanation because (laughs) nothing really much more. They didn't have that much of an exciting offseason, really. But I really think that they can develop to be 
a really good team, especially if Ben Simmons can get that kind of range going and consistently, I would be really surprised pleasantly. Yeah, I mean, everyone went crazy when you <laughs> went freaking nuts when you made a three. But, that was amazing. <laughs> at number two, I have the 76ers. Spoiler alert, I think they're going to the NBA Finals, but we'll get to that later. But, uh, I mean, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, speak for themselves. If Ben Simmons can get that jump shot consistently, I think he can be a top five player in the NBA easily. 100%. And people don't talk about how crucial Al Horford's going to be for this team. And also, Josh Richardson, great wing player. I think he'll uh, bring a lot to the team. And also, Tobias Harris, to keep him at the – I know people say he got overpaid, but – I honestly think it was worth it. And you got players off the bench like Kyle Quinn, Zaire Smith that no one talked about last year, and also Matisse Thybulle from Washington. He has one of the best defensive efficiencies we have seen. And he did amazing in preseason, had one of the best defensive play, plays and efficiencies the entire preseason. So I think this team's going to the NBA Finals. But as I said, we get to that later. But at number one, I – or num- who's your number two? My fault. My number two is the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, there's not really much that you can say to this team besides two words that originated in Nigeria, grew up in Greece, Giannis Antetokounmpo. That man is unbelievable. Um, he has a little bit more of a supporting cast that, than he had last year. He has Ilya Salva. Chris Middleton, of course, is going to be helping him out. Brooks Lopez, George Hill. I mean, this team, especially adding Kyle Korver, which is another ranged threat, this team can be really dangerous, and I do see them actually beating almost every single team on my list, except for number one, obviously. Okay, and at number one, I do have, you just said, Milwaukee Bucks. I mean kind of covered it you got reigning mvp who's not going to stop for anything until he gets the championship you also got brooke lopez eric bledsoe people who were major part of this championship not champions uh and Eastern conference final team i say championship because a lot of people thought they were going to win championship last year but wesley matthews was a very important three machine you also have divincenzo who's also a three machine but pretty much this team is just building around Giannis, building three-point shooters around Giannis. Because if, if Giannis I, – I stand by this. If Giannis produces a cons- consistent three-ball, then he can become the best player ever in NBA history. And I stand by that. You really think he's going to be better than Jordan? If he can – Better than LeBron? If he can get a three-point shot consistently. But we can, we'll have to wait and see if he finds out. I mean, the man's 24, and he still has 12, 13 more seasons ahead of him if nothing horrible happens. But, I mean, even losing Miritich to, Bar- to Barcelona FC in Spain, I think this team will still retain the number one seed. And who do you have at number one? So I'm actually just checking out my list, and I completely did the wrong order where like the Bucks were my number one, so could we cut that part out? The entire thing, or like, I mean, no, like, I don't know. I had the what's it called? The um, I don't even know. I only had one, two, three, 
One, two, three, four, five, six. I only had seven teams on my list. I miscounted eight. Okay, that's fine. We can, I mean, I can, I can just say your number one next, and you'll say the Bucks, and then we'll say that, actually. That's why everything that I was saying was, like, your next pick, because, like, I had basically the same list as you. It was just all moved down think- one spot. I think we could just cut out the one where I said number two and you say the Bucks, And we'll, I'll just say number one. Here's your number one and you'll say Milwaukee Bucks, and just explain that. All right. I'm really sorry about that. No, you're good. Gonna... Yeah. All right. Uh, and so who was your number one pick for the first seed in the Eastern Conference? Uh, my number one pick is the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, who is showing no signs of slowing down. You have Brooke Lopez, a great supporting center that many people overlook, who's a very crucial part of their offense. You have Chris Middleton, who's an absolute animal as a small forward. He has the range of a point guard, but he has the handles of a shooting guard. You have... Dragon Bender, who a lot of people have really overlooked, but he could definitely be the wild card on this team coming off the bench. And then, of course, Kyle Korver, Gray Ad, oh, yeah. and Eric Bledslow. So, I mean, I the Bucks have, number one team. I mean, the Bucks have two onto the Kripos on their team, so that's even scarier. But I know, like Theonassis. <laughs> Is that his name? Theonassis? Theonassis. Something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you have two Antetokounmpo's, you're going to win the Eastern Conference. Honestly. But we'll move on to the Western Conference Finals, do the same thing we just did. So I'll start my eighth seed. It's kind of, like I said, out of the water. But I'm just, I have the New Orleans Pelicans at my number eight. I mean, okay. they have a mix of things. I'm not just saying it has Zion, anything. They have a mix of things. They have. The experience and J.J. Redick, each one more Drew Holiday to lead these rookies and young players. They have a mix of young, experienced players like Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jill Okafor, who's gotten looked over so many times. And they had the best draft, in my opinion, last year. And they have many good quality rookies, not to mention Zion Williamson. But Jackson Hayes, great pick. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who was just a steal of a pick. And... No one's talking about this dude from Arizona State, but Zeeland, Cheatham, a great defensive presence off the board. I just think this Pelican team has everything that can make it to the playoffs. If Zion can bring the hype to New Orleans like everyone thinks he will. But the thing that worries me is that if Zion doesn't average, if Zion averages 18-5-3, people are going to say that's a disappointing year for them even though those are the same exact numbers that Carl Anthony Towns put up in his unanimous Rookie of the Year voting, which that just worries me because people are going to – if Zion drops like 24 a game, there's going to be one person that says that's a disappointing year. So it just depends on what people view it as and what Zion brings to the table, honestly, in my opinion. So who is your number eight seed? Uh, my number eight seed was, I know this is probably a little bit low for some people, but I have the Portland Trailblazers because as much as I like their team, like I like Damien, I like Hassan, that was a good addition. I like Nurkic, but like 
they have been not they have not been able to execute in a very long time. I've seen very little execution. I mean, besides obviously Damian Lillard hitting that three in Paul George's face. Like <laughs> I'm not going to overlook that. That was <laughs> fucking insane. Excuse my language. But um if you look at them, they've had disappointing playoff losses in like the past four years. Like getting swept by the Warriors, that's I wasn't expecting a sweep. I was not expecting them to lose as badly as they did in 2018. But, yeah, I like this team, but I don't like that team that much. Uh, I mean, that's really low between my uh, – who I ha- where I have them. But we'll get to that later. But at number yeah. seven, I have the Denver Nuggets. Now, I'm not saying Denver is like bad or just an okay team in any way. I just think the people above them did a lot more in the preseason – to get to where they are in Denver. Only thing they really did was extend Jamal Murray, in my opinion. So it's not saying the Nuggets are bad coming from the second seed to the seventh seed, in my opinion. It's just people are buzzing. We'll get to that later. But Jokic, honestly, could get into the MVP talks this year, maybe. But I like this team. Michael Porter Jr. is coming back for his rookie year. Well, second. He's going to be the new Ben Simmons if he wins it, so – We'll just skip that. I mean, they have good role players. Monte Morris, Hernan Gomez, Gary Harris, I mean, Will Barton. This team just has a bunch of good, solid players around Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Paul Millsap. And I, like you said about Blazers, I just don't think that last year will tell that they'll get the one seed because they are going to improve every year. That's just not what I think will happen. And also they got Bull Bull, which was a kind of steal, but that's yeah. why I have the Nuggets at seven, and so who's your number seven? I also have the Nuggets at seven. Okay. I mean, I like their team, but if your main, like, producer is your center, I can't picture you going that far. You need to have someone, you need to have a more consistent point guard. Jamal Murray is good. I think that he's a little bit overhyped after the season that he just came off of, but I mean, you can't look over Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, I mean... You still have Bull Bull, who's an absolute tank. <laughs> wow. Michael True. Porter Jr., it's going to be interesting as he hasn't played. I think like his he went onto the court on a game a few days ago for like the first time in like 540-something days. So mm-hmm. he needs to get used to back playing basketball after that horrific ACL injury. Jeremy Grant? I don't know. Jeremy Grant? Grant? Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy yeah. Grant. Um, coming off of the Thunder, I think he can be interesting. I mean, I don't have much to say about him, but I think that they could be a decent team. Okay, and so my number six, I have your Golden State Warriors now. Obviously, wow. Obviously, okay. Kevin Durant is a big loss. Obviously, in my opinion, he's the best player in the NBA. But it's the only reason I don't have you higher is because Clay Thompson. Now I understand he could come back in February or March and get you to the fourth, fifth seed, whatever. But I just don't see that happening. I think you can get far in the playoffs if you get Clay Thompson back. I just don't see how you when Clay Thompson does come back. I don't see how you're gonna emphasize the roles of D'Angelo Russell and Clay Thompson at the same time. Maybe D. Russell becomes your sixth man. Who knows? But I think Draymond's gonna have a good year. I'll get to Steph Curry later because. He's gonna have, uh, he's gonna improve a lot without KD there. 
I mean, I think he's going to average 30-plus points a game. I mean, his MVP year, he averaged 28, which is kind of a hint to my MVP. But I like this team. Really, only thing missing is Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant, which, I mean, I love Klay Thompson. I think he's the best. He's the MVP last year of that team. You can argue with me if you want, but. No, game six, Klay is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True. And also, Jordan Poole has just been insane for preseason for you guys, but. That's where I have you mainly because of the injury that Clay Thompson had, which was very sad. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting the Warriors to be that low, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, and so you're number six. So I'm guessing it's not the Warriors, but who is it? No, my number six is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, mm. This was kind of a wild card for me to pick, but – as you said, Carl Anthony Towns in his rookie year, putting up – or not Carl Anthony Towns' rookie year, but, like, Carl Anthony Towns specifically has been a driving force for the Timberwolves to have any success, really. His supporting cast is relatively weak with, really, Jeff Teague, Wiggins, Culver, and then, I guess, Jordan Bell, if you even want to say that. But, I mean – this team without Carl Anthony Towns is nothing, in my opinion. This is like, not to offend you, this is like a Charlotte Hornets team without yeah, Carl Anthony me. Towns. Wearing me the worst so, team in the league this year. Yeah. So, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is, or I'm sorry, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is going to really put the team on his back for them to go anywhere past the sixth spot. I think that he can with Wiggins and Culver and even like Nas Reed possibly get them maybe to the five, but I doubt it because I just don't see it in them to get any higher. All right. And um, just to switch it up, here's your number five. My number five is the Dallas Mavericks because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously Luka Doncic, Doncic, however you want to um, – pronounce his name is an absolute force him especially being able to develop with last year he's going to be in my opinion at least a top five player in the NBA maybe even top three with his versatility both off the dribble and just a pull-up shooter then you have Chris Dapps Porzingis who I think can make a difference if he gets back to his Rookie second year form. Boban Marjanovic, absolute beast of a man. <laughs> you have a seven foot three, 200, I don't even know, 60 pound man on your roster. I mean, that's just scary to go up against. And then JJ Barea, Justin Jackson, I think he's kind of overlooked, but I think he can really make a difference. And especially with his ball handling skills and off the dribble shooting. Seth Curry was kind of a wild card um, pickup, but I think that he can also make a difference. Yeah, I think so, Seth Curry is going to be a big signing for them. Yeah, so I think Dallas Mavericks, I think they're going to do well this year. Okay, so at five, I have the Utah Jazz. It might be a bit low, you might say, but I mean, they just, at some reason, they don't get it done, but in the playoffs, they might get it done. It's just confusing. But with the addition of Mike Conley, 
Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell still there. I think this team's going to be a force. They might – this team. we'll look out for this team in the playoffs. They're going to be a dark horse for people if you want to bet on them to make it to Western Conference Finals. Who knows? But many people call Mike Conley overrated, but I don't see it. Joel Ingles is just – I mean, how can you not like him? Dude's a three-ball machine. You also have Dante <laughs> X, some, a good role player off the bench, and also Tony Bradley. So just – it's kind of short, but – it's just all you have to say for Jazz. They could be good or they could have an off night. And so yeah. my number four is a team I'm actually kind of psyched on because they just acquired my favorite player in the NBA or one of them in Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And earlier, mm-hmm. if you watched previous BSO podcasts, I said they were a championship contending team with the addition of Russell Westbrook. And I said the reason was that James Harden and Russell Westbrook have gotten everything from the game of basketball except a championship. And I know they're going to want that extremely – I mean, they're going to beg for that every day of the week. So I think they'll take it and they'll do what's right for the team in order to get that. You've got players like P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella. And also, like, I mean, you saw they also have Tyson Chandler off the bench. You saw with the Lakers how much he improved yeah. that team until LeBron went down. So I think this Rocket team is in for an interesting year. They could honestly go all the way into the finals. But if that James Harden and Russell Westbrook connection doesn't work how it did in OKC, we may not see that. So who is your number four seed in the Western? My number four seed are my near and dear Golden State Warriors. Because I think a lot of people are sleeping on this team without really looking at the whole picture. Because a lot of the media and everyone has been wrapped up in losing KD. Not a lot of people have focused on who they've signed. They've signed a beast of a man, a Willie Cauley-Stein. He's going to be a wrecking off the bench because he is hurt. But even then, you have Kevon Looney, who was one of the reasons why the Warriors reached the finals. He played extremely well. You have... The rookies and Jordan Peele and Eric Pascal, I mean, they look very promising, especially Jordan Poole. So it's going to be exciting to see them. You obviously have Steph, Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. You have Draymond Green, who is going to flourish without KD because he's going to be able to take what he learned from KD and actually apply it to the game without having to worry about people doing it for him. So he's going to develop a lot this year. Obviously, Clay Thompson not coming back until March, February, whatever his timeline is. But you also have Steve Kerr and Ron Adams, who, in my opinion, is one of the best coaching duos of all time. Just because Steve Kerr has completely transformed this team with the gar- with like the absolute crap that Mark Jackson had. He went in and took this team over. And if he could do that much with that little, I think he can for sure do a lot with what he has right now. And moving on to number three seed, I was really butting heads about this because my number two seed isn't going to change, but I'm basing one and three off of the two teams. I think you know what I'm talking about. You may not, but pretty much the thing that came down are the coaches. I have number three at the LA Lakers. Frank Vogel, I just don't think he's that good of a coach yet to what Many coaches are, but, I mean, I hate to say it. I went off when the Lakers traded for AD 
and traded all their young players, traded away their future. But they've done well. I'll give them that. And, yeah. I mean, keeping Kyle Kuzma, great thing. Having LeBron, I mean, also get, having Anthony Davis. But they tried to do a sneaky and go for DeMarcus Cousins and sign him, which unfortunately didn't end up working. I feel for the man. He's been through hell the past three year, few years. I just feel bad it's for awful. him. It's awful. And, I mean, they also got my dude from Duke, Quinn Cook. Uh, what a dude. Also have Alex I love Car- Quinn Cook. Exactly. Also have Alex Caruso, Caruso who, I mean, <laughs> who can forget about him. Also have another onto the Kumpo brother, which means they're going I mean, means they're going Wait, to Wait, there's a third onto the Kumpo? Yes. Uh, Kostas. Kostas, I forgot about him. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see what LeBron can do with him. I mean, I'm excited about him, not going to lie. But, I mean, you got Jared Dudley, the grandpa himself. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I mean, the only real difference that separates the Lakers from the number one seed is their coach. But in the the long run, I think they'll do better than their brothers back in L.A. Or their shadow in L.A., as I should say. So, who do you have at number three? Number three? It's a little bit higher than what you had them at, but I have the Houston Rockets. Uh, start thing like Mike D'Antoni as a coach. I have a lot mm. of faith in him after what he's done for this organization, as much as I hate to say it because I do not like the Rockets. But um, fantastic offseason with Russell Westbrook. I mean, that was like one of the best moves you can possibly make, reuniting the two, James Harden and Russell Westbrook from OKC, and then you also have fantastic supporting cast and Eric Gordon, who's unbelievable off the bench. I don't even know if he's going to be playing off the bench or not. Clint Capella, Animal, PJ, PJ Tuck, Tucker, fellow shoehead. I mean, <laughs> he's got everything on and off the court. He has been – I think he did something – he, like – he blew me away with the amount of assists or rebounds or something that he had last year, but he completely proved me wrong last year. Oh, yeah. Gerald Green, Tyson Chandler. I mean, just the, this is just like a good team that I think is really solid, and they could prove me wrong and be, go even better. I think, as you said, they could possibly make it to the finals, Western Conference finals, I think that also. But, I mean, I think that they are very solid, good, and consistent teams here. Mm, I agree. So at number two, I mean, a lot higher than what you had them as. I'm a big fan of this team. I have the Portland Trail Blazers. Obviously, not even going to talk about him. You have Damian Lillard, who I think will be an MVP candidate, who I was torn between. But CJ McCollum, Houston Nurkic, who they're missing it in the Washington Conference Finals. And Rodney Hood, you have great wing players, Rodney Hood, Gary Trent Jr. And not to forget Nasir Little, who fell in the draft consistently. I mean, literally fell in the draft. He was supposed to go top 10. He went 25 or 24, wherever the Trailblazers are at. So that's a big steal. But also you get Hassan Whiteside, which is a big deal for his team. They struggled in rebounds in the playoffs. They struggled to get the boards against the Warriors, which I don't even know if they're going to go up against the Warriors. But it'll be interesting to see this Portland team. I think they're going to do big things. I think they could – Contest for that number one spot, who I think we have the same, unless who do you have at number two if it's not the L.A. Clippers? No, I have the Lakers. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, at number one, we both have the Clippers, I'm guessing. Yeah. And, I mean, not much to say. 
Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Harold Williams. You get the gist. Doc Rivers, like I said, a Hall of Fame coach. That's the only reason I don't have the Lakers and the Clippers switched. But, I mean, LA is going to be fun to watch this year. Those two teams. It's been a while since we've seen both teams this good in fight for LA. It might be the only time, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't remember the Clippers ever being this good. I mean, I can't think of a single time period off the top of my head where the Clippers were nearly as good as they are right now. But for me, like, this was a tough decision in between the Lakers and the Clippers because, like, if you look at the Lakers roster with – I mean, it just sounds like – it sounds like something that you'd, like, dream of, like, doing, like, a 2K draft and you're getting, like, every single (laughs) top 10 pick. Like, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma, Rojan Rondo wasn't mentioned, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, Dwight Howard, the man with the legend. I mean, like, (laughs) this team, this is an unbelievable team. Only second to the Los Angeles Clippers. One of the best defensive teams that I've seen in a long time with Mm – Paul George, Kawhi, Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, and then again you add in Doc Rivers. Like I don't see a team beating them. Yes, and since we've gone over one through eight in both conferences, we're gonna go to the NBA awards. So quickly, I'll give you some credit this time. As MVP, I have Steph Curry. Now, main reason is because no Kevin Durant, but I feel like him and LeBron are going to battle it out at MVP. But I see Steph Curry averaging somewhere between 35 points per game, something crazy at three-point percentage, obviously. But he takes more shots when they're Clay Thompson and KD are off the court. It's proven. It's factual. So I think this is his time to shine. And, I mean, he, the Golden State Warriors are going to need it for him to shine and have an MVP caliber year if they want to get higher up the table in the conference. And so mm-hmm. who do you have winning MVP? So this was definitely my most indecisive decision to a point where I couldn't even make a decision because I have LeBron and Giannis. I didn't, I couldn't choose between which one because Giannis, I mean, if he just keeps up what he's been doing, mm-hmm. what he's been doing, carrying his team to a point where like you can't even compare him to anyone else to what he's doing. kind of put him as the most valuable player because he is the most valued to his team out of everyone in my opinion but the reason why I think it's going to come down to these two people is just because of how much of an impact they can make on their own teams if that if you're talking about the most valuable player, the most valuable player to an organization is without a doubt Giannis Antetokounmpo. Without Giannis, the Bucks are maybe like an eighth or a seventh seed, but they are certainly not as high as number one. So I think if we're talking about the most valuable player to a franchise, I think we're going to be talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. However, if we're talking about, like, the best player in the league just based on stats and no regard to, like, the team that they're on or anything like that, I think it's going to go to LeBron James as the Lakers are going to have a deadly duo in the paint with him and AD. But AD is going to take, even if it's just a little bit, it's going to be a little bit of attention off LeBron 
So I think he's going to be able to get more reps off the ball. Even from three, I think he's going to be better because with the absence of Lonzo, who took a lot of their team's shots last year, LeBron and Kuzma are both going to be able to step up in that area. But if you have two weapons like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you're going to have to prioritize both of them. You're not going to be able to turn a blind eye to one. So if you give LeBron that little bit of a wiggle room with Anthony Davis being able to cause a little bit of a distraction, LeBron and his veteran mindset is just going to be able to exploit that hole and become the league's 2020 MVP. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I agree with that as well. Rookie of the year, I, top three rookies, I think, are the Duke boys. Cam Reddish, I think, honestly, could be the best player out of the draft just because of how the league is this year. Three ball all the way, and he can consistently do that. We might not have saw that Duke, but my boy, he'll do it in NBA, trust me. But I have it between RJ and Zion. You could probably guess it. But the thing with RJ, I think he's going to score a lot more than Zion. It's just I think Zion's going to lead his team to the playoffs. That's only Biggie. But like I said earlier, if Zion drops eighteen five and three, people say it's a disappointing year. But honestly, it's a rookie cow. It's a rookie year, cowboy year. Honestly, and at the defensive player of the year, I just I have. I mean, we can't really argue about these or go through statistics. We'll just say who it is. Defensive player of the year, I have Anthony Davis just because he's a presence in the paint. I think he'll bring a big defensive presence to LA and to the Lakers. And who do you have? Oh, who uh, do you for- have at both? My fault. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh, rookie of the year, I have Zion Williamson. I just think that with the absence of Anthony Davis and that kind of big hole in the Pelicans' offense, Alvin Gentry is going to put Zion in, and he's going to be getting a lot more touches than he's used to, even at Duke, surrounded by Cam Reddish and RJ. So I think that he's going to be getting a lot of touches. He's going to be getting a lot of boards, a lot of points, a lot of assists even. So I think that uh, rookie of the Year is going to Zion Williamson. And Defensive Player of the Year, I just have Kawhi. He's going to be surrounded by so many different defensive-minded players, and he's going to be able to grow so much off of them. Because, in my opinion, he's the best player on that team. I don't think Paul George, um, Paul George, Harrell, or obviously anyone else can really be that good offensively or defensively. But even though he's the best player defensively is going to be able to grow with the people that he has around him, which is why he's going to be taking like an incredible defensive player to the next level. So I think he's DPOI. Uh, and so for six, man, I don't even know if he's going to come off the bench. It's too early to tell, but I have Eric Gordon. I mean, I think James Harden gets put back at, at the two and Russell goes to the one. So unless Eric can play the three, but who knows, but, I think he's just going to come off the bench and score a lot of threes. That's pretty much my gist of it. I mean, that's all he really does, sits in the corner, shoots corner threes. I think he had the best corner three percentage in the league last year. I'm not – don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But that's just my reasoning behind it. Yeah, I mean, I also actually have Eric Gordon. I mean, you just see how much of a force he is in the playoffs, especially how much he can rally a team both, like, mentally and physically. Like, he can – get them hyped up, and then actually execute with making those clutch threes, making those extra passes. And he's a starter on any, like, 25 other teams in the league. He's just an unbelievable player with a fantastic, like, that winning mentality. So 
think he's sixth player of the year. Oh, yeah, and finally, coach of the year. I, I mean, it usually goes to them one seed. Well, I have Doc Rivers. Not much to say. I have Doc Rivers. Okay. It's just too much, like, even though he's as experienced of a coach as he is, like, his players will carry him to that spot. And just finally, NBA Finals, I don't know if you did this, but just quickly, I won't go into it, but I just have Lakers versus Sixers for NBA Finals. Yeah, I have Bucks versus Clippers. Okay, and that does it for the NBA. Now we move on to NFL. Just going to give our thoughts on the big games that happened this week as we saw Kansas City lose their second straight home game in a row previously to Indianapolis last Monday. And now to Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans today. Final score was 31-24. What was your thoughts on the game today? earlier today? I mean, that game was unbelievable. Just starting off from the gun with that um, Tyreek Hill catch. Wait, this is Chiefs, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I just had a total, like, brain relapse. But, I mean, starting from the gun, that Tyreek Hill catch, jumping over, like, two other players. Yeah, I'm very, unbelievable. very disappointed. I traded Tyreek Hill when he got injured in fantasy. But carry on. Yeah. Um, he shocked me with how well he played coming off of that injury. Separated shoulder or whatever. So... He played fantastic. Patrick Mahomes is impressing me more every single time I see him play. He is like the vision and the intelligence of like a 15-year veteran, nonetheless a second-year, well, not second-year starter who has just shocked me. So obviously Patrick Mahomes. Deshaun Watson looks fantastic. He and Lamar Jackson look like running backs to me, but running backs with an arm. So that's just like a deadly duo. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people tell me Lamar doesn't have an arm. I just don't believe him. No. (laughs) Lamar Jackson threw for like 400 yards last week. Exactly. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is definitely the most – he's impressed me the most out of anyone so far in this league. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's my say so far on that game. But for me, Deshaun Watson, he was my MVP choice at the beginning of the year. I mean, people don't see it, but former chief for like a week, I think it was. But Carlos Hyde, 116 rushing yards, one touchdown. Very impressive. As you said, Deshaun Watson also getting two rushing touchdowns. He's just insane. Mahomes bounced back from two the past two weeks. Three touchdowns, QBR of 104, and Tyreek Hill, I mean, they're lucky he has him back. They're running out of options. I know Travis Kelsey was there, but, I mean, when Mikel Hardman or Demarcus Robinson is your best wideout of that team without Sammy Watkins as well, I mean, you're kind of struggling, yeah. but Tyreek Hill's back, so they're fine. But, I mean, don't get worried if you're a Chiefs fan. You're fine, and I think, like you said, I mean, they're going to be fine. I mean, it's just uh, two – unfortunate mishaps that cost them the game and moving on to one of the most overrated teams in the history of NFL in my opinion just because I'm a Ravens fan but the Seahawks come out on top at Cleveland at Cleveland I mean I just get my first thoughts on the game like Baker Mayfield just very overrated they stuck in there with a very good Seahawks team which 
that NFC West team is going to be competitive, very competitive. 49ers winning mm-hmm. tonight against the Rams. Yeah. I mean, I said it. I said the 49ers are going to shock a lot of people. I didn't think they were going to go 5 0 their four, first five games. But Seahawks, Russell Wilson, he's an MVP kind of quarterback right now. He's playing out of his mind. Chris Carson had an insane game. And, I mean, Tyler Lockett, honestly, he could be a top wideout, but didn't have the best of games. But, I mean, Browns, Browns, I just don't know. I said at most they would go 9-7. and seven. I didn't believe yeah. in this team, but, I mean, it's just it's the coach, I feel like. Freddie Kitchens just should not be the coach. I thought Greg Williams should be it. I thought Greg Williams got the best out of his players. I understand that some people said he pushed players too hard. People, the players didn't like him. But if you want to win, you have to go with the best coach out there, and I don't think Freddie Kitchens is it in the best out of Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. OBJ and his defense. This Browns team has the talent on paper, but they're just not executing as well. Exactly. This is this team, this Browns team almost reminds me of like a 20, 2018, 2019 Lakers, where if you just shove a bunch of superstars together with absolutely no chemistry, you're not going to get the best results, which is exactly what they did with OBJ, who is one of the most interesting personalities if you will (laughs) um combined with baker mayfield who is like again i don't even know how to describe him besides like an absolute tank so um yeah this team has really not lived up to the hype that even i bought into i thought that they were going to be much better than they were but they proved me wrong they proved the seahawks wrong they proved everyone wrong yeah, and just one more topic I want to fix on before we get the college football. Just the NFC. Obviously, we talked about the NFC West being a very competitive division right now, but the NFC East is just becoming what they used to be, kind of trash. I mean, honestly, Philly, Dallas tied three and three. Redskins didn't their first win of the week of the year against a poor Dolphins team, and they Redskins just barely edged it out. Dolphins yeah. could have won it if Kenyon Drake didn't fumble on the like two yard line. But and also Giants being two and four, it's just it's being back to what it was. I had Cowboys being able to. I thought the Cowboys could get to the NFC Championship, but they disappoint every year. It's just I don't know what to do, what to think anymore. But NFC East is just what it what always was. And just your thoughts on who might come out on top in the NFC East and what the NFC East has been this year so far i mean the nfc east has been in my opinion the most surprising division football i was not expecting or like i'm still in basketball put up as many yards and completions as he has so far i've been shocked but i mean it's really great to see um 49ers i mean jimmy garoppolo looks phenomenal even with a supporting cast that he has. I mean, Matt Breida is an absolute workhorse. Um, Kittle has been a little bit underwhelming, but he's still putting up the numbers. Just he has some more players, so it doesn't look like he's doing everything. (laughs) But, I mean, the Cardinals, third 
the third world team, as I like to call them, with the Dolphins and the Redskins. <laughs> True. They're just absolute garbage. And honestly, I don't really see much for... I don't see... Like, this is the most competitive division that I've seen in a very long time, and it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And transitioning over to college football now, we're just going to talk about the big games like we did with the NFL. So we saw number five take on number seven. I mean, number five LSU take on number seven Florida in a very entertaining game until the very end, back and forth game. And then LSU edged out 42 to 28. And so we'll t- get to the AP poll in a bit, but what – is different about this LSU team the youth that everyone's been avoiding. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've not followed LSU much before this season, but LSU looks extremely dominant. This LSU team just looked dominant with performances from Joe Burrow, Edwards with the rush, two rushing touchdowns. He looked, and the 134 yards that he just rammed through the defense for, they look a lot more comfortable than they did last year, at least. Jamar Chase putting up a massive game with his two touchdowns and 130 yards. Justin Jefferson, I mean, like, that whole team is just flowing, and they looked extremely dominant out there on the field today, or yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we between a bit, but this Kyle Trask was able to hang on until the fourth quarter, really, or in the kind of halfway through the third. But Joe Burrow, this RPO offense has been introduced into this LSU team is just insane. It's what LSU needed for a long, long time. Joe Burrow might be the first person in like four decades, I think it was, to get into the MVP. Not MVP. That's the NFL into the Heisman Trophy office in New York. The last person was Tyron Matthew, who was a defensive player, which is kind of insane. But Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase make this offense what it is. They spread the field. And also you just got Clyde Edwards that just runs through people and Joe Burrow, who doesn't miss a pass. I mean, it's just insane. This LSU team was my dark horse to win it, but I didn't have them winning it. But I just want to say something to this Florida team. Their defense is, is pretty, really good. It's just, I, Kyle Trask, if you ask me, Emory Jones, honestly, he reminds me of Jalen Hurts. He, yeah. I want to see him in, like, if they, Florida plays a like Kentucky or, or they already play Kentucky, a Vanderbilt, some, a Tennessee, something like that, and then they're winning big in the first half. In the entire second half, put Emory Jones in because I want to see what he can do because he looks good to me. I think he can take over any team, not top 10, obviously. But I think he can take over a team himself. And I just think he can be better than Kyle Trask. I think he can bring that dynamic offense that Jalen Hurts brings to Oklahoma, that Kyle Murray, every Oklahoma quarterback, that Lamar Jackson brings to the Ravens, that he can spread the field with that option play, that run-pass play, whatever he needs to do, and spread the field. Kyle Trask isn't really a runner. Yes, he had 20 yards rushing, but that was when he was forced to. He likes to stay in the pocket. Emory Jones is as good as a thrower as anyone. And I just want to see what this Florida team can be with Emory Jones, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so next game, Red River rivalry. or Red River, 
Red Man, River that, rivalry. That's just, yeah, that's such a tongue twister. But anyway, Oklahoma versus Texas. Uh, pretty interesting game, like any Oklahoma Texas game is, honestly. Bit of beef before the game even started with every single player on every on both teams getting a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which was kind of <laughs> funny if you ask me. But I mean, my thoughts on the game. Jalen Hurts, my Heisman Trophy winner. Yep. Did what same. he needed to do. Oh, you had him winning the Heisman as well? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have him winning the Heisman going into the season, I have to say. But after this performance and seeing how well he can do in a different system that's not Alabama is unbelievable. It's like a Lamar Jackson. It's your boy. He's like the dark horse. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I mean, I love dark horses. But but Sam Ellinger not having a – I don't remember how many games he's had this touchdown in, but I think it's like eight. In a row, throwing a uh, passing touchdown, but he didn't have one this year or this game. Oklahoma, the thing that's holding them back from beating the Clemsons and the Alabamas is their defense, and their defense proved yesterday. I mean, Kenneth Murray, Turner Yell, great players off of the defensive backs. I mean, it's just insane what this, what this defense has become. I was very impressed with this defense in the Houston game in the first game of the year, and they've done what they needed to do. It's just if they come up against Alabama or Clemson, who I have them against in the college football playoff, I have them against Clemson. If they can handle that, I think they win it, which I have. That's why I have Oklahoma in the national championship is because I think their defense has very much improved, and Jalen Hurts has his weapons. He has C.D. Lamb. He has Hasselwood. He also has Kennedy Brooks, a receiving option, and nobody mentioned Rambo. A couple, a uh, couple games ago, couple games has been going off lately. So that's just my thoughts on that. And yeah, just talk about the AP polls. I mean, LSU coming at number two. I, I've been saying this for a while. Clemson's not a top five team right now. They might have proved it yesterday, but it just shows that. Uh, that they're not as biased as I thought they were. But, I mean, you see Minnesota, App State, getting there, Missouri. Like, I mean, I mean, not really much to say except Georgia losing the USC. Not going to lie. Not going to brag. I did call them losing to South Carolina. I just – honestly, I don't even know if this was a flute game, if I'm honest. I, the, South Carolina's defense put pressure on them, brought the physicality, and that's what any team against Georgia hasn't done. And, I mean, if you put South Carolina against them again, they might honestly beat them again, if I'm honest. But I think uh, I had Florida beating them, Georgia. Now they moved back to number 10. Honestly, I think Florida's still a better team than them. Maybe not. Georgia has the talent to win a national championship. They just never do a team. I I said they are going to lose to South Carolina before the season happened, and it happened. I don't even know if this was a fluke game, you can say, but Georgia – just need to get everything together. Kirby Smart, honestly, if there's any, if they can convince Urban Meyer to come to Georgia, I know, long shot, I don't know why I'm saying this, but they can somehow convince Urban Meyer to take over. I would do it because Kirby Smart is where a freshman chooses to go and his dreams die, if you ask me. He does get the best out of his players. So that's just me. I know there's a lot of Georgia fans out far here that they'll hate on me, but just the new teams that have got been added. Appalachian State, undefeated, been added. Number 24, number 22, Missouri, 
And number 20, Minnesota, who's off to a 6 0 start. Best start since 20, or 2003. I had him in the uh, Big Ten title game, but Wisconsin's probably going to take that over. But just your thoughts on the AP poll that just came out today. Um, this looked relatively accurate, except for I was surprised about Wake Forest, which is they're 5-1. and one. They've been playing extraordinarily well, and they got demoted from 19 to not even on the list. I don't know how that happened, as they should be ahead of Washington. They should be ahead of Iowa. They should be ahead of Cincinnati. But that was really my only concern with this list. But I thought that that was very – yeah, it says that Wake Forest only had 25 votes, even though they are 5-1 and and better than, I would say, four other teams on this list. So – Kind of disappointing there, but yeah, I understand that. But I mean, only reason I think it is because they lost to a. Honestly, Louisville is not that bad this year, but I just think it's because they lost to them in a shootout. But I understand where you're coming from. They could yeah. honestly, they should be at 25 in my opinion over Washington, who I mean, losing Stanford and then to California. I mean, it's it's just not acceptable. But I see where you're coming from, and yeah, I mean. Just to hop in the NHL for a little bit, not that much to talk about except the season just started. Hot start for Carolina Hurricanes. Go my Hurricanes. But, I mean, Edmonton Oilers start, are surprising everyone as well as the Buffalo Sabres. And, I mean, Tampa Bay Lightning, still a meme from last year's playoffs. Still can't get going. The Capitals still look good. Penguins still look good. I mean, just the big whoop de doo I mean, it'll get interesting once the season goes along and gets underway. But right now, not much to talk about. But is there anything you want to uh, speak upon? Uh, I want to talk. If I want to talk about something that's kind of biased, but my New York Rangers are actually looking pretty decent, which has surprised me. Artemi, I forget his last name. Artemi something. Absolutely amazing winger. He has surprised me. I think he has something like three assists in three games or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. The Devils looking bad as always. It's always <laughs> great true. to see from a Rangers fan. Same. But, I mean, besides that, the season has been not – has been just getting started and no, mm-hmm. no big upset or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, there was a huge upset yesterday. I mean, my Hurricanes lost to the Blue Jackets, but it's fine. It's fine. Wait, the Hurricanes lost to the Blue Jackets? Yeah. Jesus. But, I mean, my Hurricanes will make playoffs for sure this year, so it's fine. I mean, that's the only time I could say that since, like, 2007. So, I think that's it from the Time Out Podcast brought to you by On The Call Sports. Like I said at the beginning, Anthony will be here daily. Not daily, weekly, whatever. But he'll be here. We'll get into a lot of arguments. It'll be a fun time. You can also check out Overtime Podcast. We'll be uh, posting this on Mondays. They'll be posting on Fridays. And I mean, both groups are pretty interesting. Uh, sure, a lot of arguments, a lot of debates, a lot of hot takes. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you guys next time. See you soon.